Welcome to Monday's programme. How are you doing? It's been a beautiful day here in Salford. Beautiful blue skies, but very cold. Very, very cold, in fact, and it will be for the next few days. It is Monday, November 22nd, 2021. This date, of course, a very important date in history. You might want to talk about that a bit later on. You maybe, you maybe won't want to talk about it. This is Monday's programme. It's your call today, by the way. It's the BBG, not the BBC. This is your Richie Allen Show, live from the magnificent city of Salford. It's the Richie Allen Show, broadcasting live on richieallen.co.uk and multiple platforms around the world. And now, here's your host... Richie Allen. Ah, yes, it is your call. The details are on richieallen.co.uk. The second most recent thing published there contains the details, the Skype name, which is Chat with Richie, and the telephone number if you'd like to get through to me. I'd love to hear from you. Ordinarily, it's kind of a free-for-all, but I'd like to ask you a question tonight, and I'd like some help. What are we going to do about this? You might understand what I mean by that when you hear some of the stories in the rundown, in the monologue. What can we do about what is unfolding in front of our eyes? It's 0161818 0161818 plus 44 or blah 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 blah. Yeah, yeah. It's your call. Skype. Chat with Richie or call 0161 818 2018. If you're calling from overseas, it's plus 44 161 818 2018. Talk to Richie now. And the details again are on the website richieallen.co.uk. Taking your calls in about 30 35 minutes' time. If you called in last time, maybe the time before. Don't give me a call today. I'm looking for new callers. It really works out well doing it that way. So let's continue in that vein. I had an email from Judy. How are you, Judy? I'm going to read it out, unedited. It isn't long, but it's kind of poignant. Hi, Richie. I will soon be out of a job. I work for a state government agency in Western Australia. They have mandated vaccines for 70% of the agency by December 1st, and those refusing will be no jab, no work, no pay. Only seven of the 130 office locations do not require a vaccine for now. They've strongly suggested that the whole agency, all locations, will need to be jabbed by the 1st of January, so I'll soon be losing my job. They will be proceeding with disciplinary proceedings to sack those not vaccinated. I think most will resign before that. It's devastating, especially as my husband has been out of work and as a chef won't be able to get any work now either. We can't leave without an exemption either. We are prisoners. It isn't a nice place to be. I am reaching out to you to say thank you for your show as it keeps me sane and comforting knowing we are not alone. I am also hoping you might be able to reach others in Perth that I can connect with. I feel like-minded need to stick together, but we haven't found many here in Perth. Hope your contacts might help me find others locally. Thank you, Judy. Yeah, and I get a lot of emails like that. If you're in Perth and you want to reach out to me through the website, I don't, I don't imagine Judy will mind me passing on her email address to you. Four minutes past five. 
Um, let's kick off with, I, I don't know what this is, Boris Johnson. Let's have a bit of this for a minute. Maybe it's the late nights, maybe. Maybe it's the young baby teasing. Babies do wake you up in the middle of the night, don't they? Maybe it's being on the front line battling COVID for 18 months. Yeah, maybe it's the constant crises that keep cropping up. Just when you think you can have a breather, you find out your dad has felt up half the women in your cabinet. So you're understandably tired. And eventually you crash and burn. Here's Boris Johnson addressing the CBI today. Uh, Forgive me. Forgive me. Forgive me. (laughs) And Tony, yesterday I went, uh, as as we all must, uh, 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 to, to Peppa Pig World. I don't know if you've been to Peppa Pig World. Who's been to... Hands up anybody who's been to Peppa Pig World. Hands up now if you've been to Peppa Pig World. Anyone? Legoland? SeaWorld? Drayton Manor Park? It's where Thomas the Tank Engine lives. No? No? Okay, moving on then. Not enough. I was well. It's, it's fact, I was a bit hazy what I would find at Peppa Pig World, uh, but I loved it. And Peppa Pig World is is very much my kind of place. Uh, it, 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 it has uh, a uh, very safe streets. Safe streets. Who's he talking to there? The women in the audience. Yeah, Legoland. SeaWorld. Anyway, he was asked about this by a Sky News presenter shortly afterwards and his, well, his take on it was interesting. Uh, In your speech to the CBI, you lost your notes, you lost your place, you went off on a tangent about Peppa Pig. Yeah. Frankly, is everything okay? (laughs) I think that, uh, I think that people uh, got the vast majority of the uh, the points I wanted to make and I thought, uh, I thought it went over well. Went over very well. He also compared himself to Moses at one stage of the address to the Confederation of British Industry. Yeah, wonderful that, isn't it? Anyone here been to Peppa Pig land? No, anyone? No, no. All right, all right. The protests, by the way, before we talk about the protests in Europe against new lockdowns and vaccine mandates I didn't mention if you don't want to phone me but you'd like to leave a comment you can do so through the website richieallen.co.uk comment live it's on the menu bar comment live it's on the menu bar okay so yes protests in Austria and the Netherlands and elsewhere Germany as well over the weekend against the tyranny unfolding there what else can I say about it did you know this afternoon well in fact this morning the acting health minister of Germany is a guy called Jens Spahn. Jens Spahn. Gotten Himmel. Achtung. He's given a strong warning that the country's vaccine-hesitant people um, might be in trouble in the near future. They're, they're saying we, we desperately want to avoid another lockdown in Germany, but they're having a go, Jens Spahn, the health minister, and others at the unjabbed. He said this, he said, probably by the end of this winter, as is sometimes cynically said, pretty much everyone in Germany will be vaccinated, cured or dead, he said. What kind of fuckery is this? Yeah, by the end of the winter, you'll either be vaccinated, cured or you'd be dead. 
It'd be brown bread. He blamed the contagious Delta variant on the current situation and those who have thus far refused to roll up their sleeves. This is why we urgently recommend vaccination, he said. And you might know his boss, the outgoing Chancellor Angela Merkel, Heil Merkel, uh, she's told the country that the current restrictions on COVID are just not going to be enough to stop a fourth wave crashing across the country. It's a dramatic situation, says Merkel. The current rules are not enough. She told her Conservative Party, the CDU party, that infections are doubling every 12 days. Meanwhile, in Slovakia, they're taking a look at a possible three-week lockdown. The Prime Minister there is Edward Hager, or Hager Hager, Edward Hager, I think it is, the PM. He's uh, considering a three-week lockdown because of a jump in cases. The health ministry in Slovakia has said to Hager, think we should do it. He's considering it, is what he is doing. Now, the UK Health Secretary, Sajid Javid, was on the Andrew Marr show yesterday. I won't depress you by exposing you to any more of what he had to say, but he did say that the UK wouldn't mandate the jabs. He was lying. And I think, and this is my opinion, conjecture, not fact, conjecture, they're using the media to call for it. This isn't clever, it's fairly predictable, but they're using the media to do their dirty work. Because everybody seemingly, well, it felt like it today anyway. Anyone you were listening to today, whether it was on BBC Radio 2, whether it was LBC Radio, and even some parts of talk radio were calling for, well, serious consideration to be given to imposing a vaccine mandate in this country. Or at the very least, making life completely unbearable for those of us who have declined the needle. Want you to have a listen to James O'Brien. Now, this isn't the clip that I shared on my website today. Have a listen. I know you're groaning, but it's important. This this is the beginning, I think. It's not the beginning, but today there was an escalation in the rhetoric, in the punish the unjabbed rhetoric. This is James O'Brien, one of the biggest whores in the mainstream media, doing the legwork for the government. So while the government can lie and say, well, we don't do that sort of thing here in England, we'd rather educate people and bring them with us. That's a lie. It is intended to at least lock down the unjabbed in this country. I have no doubt about that. And at worst, and I think it will happen sometime next year, to insist on vaccination, not just for the COVID jabs, but for flu jabs next winter, winter 22 to 23, that's December 2022 into January, February 2023. Listen to James O'Brien, LBC Radio this morning. Should they be treated differently? Because this is what these countries are wrestling with and potentially it's what we wrestle with. It already happens in Scotland. You know, we already have vaccine passports. In England, to go to some theatres, insist upon them. You, you, you have it on your phone. I do. I have it on my phone. I don't think, I, I mean, I very rarely ask to produce it, if, if at all, in fact. But I, I don't understand two things. The first is why anyone would have a problem with the idea of if you want to opt out of doing it, then you opt out of other things too. But it is, of course, an option. You are opting out of public health measures, which means that you opt out of other areas of public life. That's it. You don't, you don't get to pick and choose. Public is a, 
is a, is, a, is a, you don't define the word public. The word public is defined. So if you opt out of public health measures, you are opting out of public life. And elements of public life will therefore be denied to you until you opt back in to public health measures. That's all, isn't it? I, don't, I, I genuinely don't think that's complicated. But if it is, then how come it's the people <laughs> who've got problems with all the other measures, like masks? and so- Because they don't work. Like masks. And- like masks, because they don't work. Masks and social distancing. Because they obviously don't work who are more likely to be opposed to getting vaccinated. Yeah. Because th- th- that is counterintuitive. Because the measures you mentioned do not work by your own admission. You see, more than 110 million vaccines. And they're not fucking vaccines. Let's be fucking clear about it. 110 million jabs have been administered in this country to date. It's more than 110 million. It was 110 million about 10 days ago. Think of the population of the UK, 66 million, 67 million people. 110 million jabs were given out in this whoring fucking country. And yet you tell us that cases are trebling and quadrupling and this is going to put pressure on the NHS. Why? Why is that? Why is it? Why is it that Gibraltar, that British enclave, the southernmost tip of Europe, has vaccinated 117% of its population, which sounds impossible, but in fact, factoring in the Spanish workers who transport themselves over the frontier every day. And Gibraltar is saying we're absolutely snowed under with cases, we have to cancel Christmas. So who the fuck would want to have one of those jabs? What's the point in it? Why would you have one of the jabs? Is the question, you know... He goes on. This is a guy, remember, who was given the job, whenever he was given the job, to to host a mid-morning commercial talk show. His brief was to hold authority to account, to scrutinise, to crawl up the hairy fucking hole of Boris Johnson with a microscope. That's your job. Not to come on the radio and inflict long-winded monologues on your listenership, telling them why they have to accept that if you don't have a job, you'll have to opt out of society. Your job is to go over and under, to crawl over and under. Stage scientists, government scientists, politicians, ministers, the opposition, and scrutinise everything they say, every word of it. Look for flaws, look for inconsistencies and pull apart the lies. Not to act as a whoring propagandist for the pharmaceutical industry, pushing and pushing a medicine on people that whatever it is, it patently doesn't work. Obviously, Forrest Gump, if he was here, could tell you that this thing doesn't work. That it's useless, completely ineffective, by their own admission. So why would you want to compel people to take it? Why would you want to tell people that their social lives, their right to work, their right to travel should be curtailed because they don't want to have something that patently doesn't fucking work? He goes on, does O'Brien. I'm not going to get vaccinated, but I'm going to be really, really, really careful, James. Oh, okay, yeah, no, that's fine. That's fine, he says. 
if you don't get vaccinated, but you, you basically just stay indoors. Um, I'm not going to get vaccinated, and I'm not going to do anything at all to be careful either. I'm going to not. I'm not. But that's just nuts, right? And that's where I come back to my discovery of the day, Dietrich Bonhoeffer's theory of stupidity. Never again will we try to persuade the stupid person with reasons for it is senseless and dangerous. It's kind of like the opposite of this program's regular mantra. But I, I think there are obviously some subjects that cannot be solved with reason and intelligence, and this must be one of them. I'm not going to get vaccinated, because I believe my Uncle Keith's Facebook page, but I'm not going to wear a mask either. No, no, it's got fuck all to do with Uncle Keith's Facebook page, whoever Uncle Keith might be. It's got nothing to do with it. It's, it's, it's to do with the, with the government's own data around the vaccine. It's to do with the British Medical Journal and the Lancet Journal, which clearly states the unjabbed and the jabbed have a similar viral load when it comes to COVID. It doesn't stop the transmission. It doesn't stop you getting the thing. What part of that do you not understand? So James O'Brien either becomes the stupidest motherfucker that ever walked God's green earth, or he's the greatest shill on planet earth that he knows, but Jetty pushes it anyway. Well, he's a dangerous man, isn't he? He's somebody who, well, at some stage will need to be dealt with, and I don't mean violently. You don't harm a hair on the heads of these people. You don't threaten them or their property. But there's got to be another way, when all of this is said and done, of dealing with 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 traitors like James O'Brien. Calling for people to be locked into their houses if they don't take a worthless and most likely deadly fucking vaccine. They get away with it. want to talk about this on the phone and what are we going to do about this this is coming here somebody wrote about this in the telegraph newspaper over the weekend neil oliver i think a historian who works for gb news performed a kind of a passionate monologue about the lurch to totalitarianism in this country and how it's creeping across western europe it's almost like john carpenter's the fog you can fucking see it coming here where they are going to tell people you don't get to live unless you take this medicine. What are we going to do about it? I want to be taking your calls on it in about 10 minutes' time. It's your call. Skype. Chat with Richie. Or call 0161 818 2018. If you're calling from overseas, it's plus 44161 818 2018. Talk to Richie now. And you have people... Let's have a little bit more of a listen to the end of this and then we'll move on. Or, or, or at least you... The, I want to be free to go to places where I know everybody has done everything they can to protect each other, i.e. get vaccinated. It's very easy to establish that. Very, very easy. Sadly, if you're still refusing to get vaccinated, it means you can't go to those places for now. Go and get vaccinated, you can come in tomorrow. So what would those places be? What would you introduce? And bear in mind, lots of other countries have done this... Um, without having these weird protests. 
And as to the protesters in Europe, this is what um, this guy O'Brien thinks of them. So they literally create a scenario, these clowns, in which governments have to act, and governments don't want to because of the economy, stupid. They create a scenario in which governments have to act, and then they start setting fire to police cars and throwing their toys out of their collective prams because the government is having to act to minimise mingling in order to hopefully reduce case numbers. Case numbers. But what does case numbers mean? What do case numbers mean? What does a case number translate to? What about jabbing? We'll hear from Carl Hennigan in a moment because he was on Julia Hartley Brewer's radio show this morning. Here's the end of O'Brien. There is your perfect circle of stupidity because at nine o'clock they're setting fire to police cars and they're rioting in the streets and, you know, breathing all over each other and therefore case numbers go up and you're back round to 12 o'clock where the higher the case numbers, uh, the more the need for restriction. So your perfect circle of stupidity created by the people who claim that they are somehow crusaders and freedom fighters. The online harms bill is rolling through UK Parliament at the moment, and you know what that means, don't you? That's the death of the independent media. Pretty soon, you won't be listening to this programme. You know, and I know this, I'm in constant contact with journalists, journalists who teach at academic institutions in this country, who are absolutely petrified, because they know that next year, I won't be able to do this. I won't be able to take this on. Not that it's making any difference in any case. That these guys can go on national television and national radio and put people's lives at risk. Because that's what he does, O'Brien. It's bad enough to sell your soul and be a a propagandist whore for the biggest pharmaceutical companies in the world. That's bad enough to take the, uh, the books for doing that. But it's worse when you know that the jabs themselves are killing people. It's bad enough that you know the jabs are absolutely worthless. They do no good whatsoever. They've done nothing for anyone. When, when, they, when they talk about hospitalizations, you know, you talk about the case numbers. But they've, they've been dialing up and dialing down the testing in the last 18 months whenever it suited them. You know, you want more cases? Well, just increase the testing using the PCR test and amplify everybody's sample by 40 or 45 times when you should only be doing it 10 times or 15 times or whatever it is. And you'll get the cases you need. The public is so fucking stupid, it doesn't... People don't wonder, well, what are those cases? What, what, what do they actually mean? How many of those people even feel unwell? And on we go. Here's Carl Hennigan. Brewer, Julia Hartley Brewer, asked this guy, Oxford epidemiologist, Carl Hennigan, she asked him about this notion that you should compel everyone to be jabbed uh, to protect, well, to protect the entire society. Have a listen. Is there a case, a moral case, for people to be required to have vaccines to protect other people, not just themselves? If I look at the current evidence as it currently stands, the answer to that is no. 
But the thinking, again, doesn't seem logical. So, for instance, if we look at a vaccination like measles, that has an impact on transmission, we have a target that we go for. It's 95%. So we set a target and we say, if we get there, that'll be enough to actually keep the, the virus under control. Now, what's the target with coronavirus? There is no target. It's just 100%. And until we get there, we're going to have to keep going. And also, it's boosters on top of that. Mm. So if we're going to have a process where we say this transmission effect, first, we would have a target to create some logical number we'd head towards. But actually, the evidence is becoming clearer. Actually, the viral load of the unvaccinated and the vaccinated is very similar. You can still transmit that, this when you're vaccinated. You hear that? I mean, this is vital information. And I'm not selectively picking Hennigan because Hennigan says this and it suits my argument. It's been said by the Lancet Journal and by the British Medical Journal. This is peer-reviewed stuff, this. It couldn't be any simpler. It's the most important thing you will hear today if this is the first time you've ever listened to this particular radio programme. We have a target to create some logical number we'd head towards, but actually the evidence is becoming clearer. Actually, the viral load of the unvaccinated and the vaccinated is very similar. You can still transmit that, this when you're vaccinated and unvaccinated. And so that's a misnomer. The key is to look at the data. So, for instance, now we look at the data, there are about 7,000 people in hospital with a coronavirus positive test. This time last year, with many fewer cases, there were double that number, over 14,000. So we're in a very different place and we should not be panicked by the case numbers. And that's the problem in Europe. They're not looking at the data on yeah. hospitalizations and intensity. But there's worse because there's always a delay. So they say you have to go on the cases. But of course, Austria is testing at something like four or five times what any other country in Europe is testing. So what- Yes, it is. Austria is testing at four times the rate of any other country in Europe. Why do you think that is? Is that just a mistake? Is it? Is that? Is that bad management of a pandemic is it poor management of a pandemic is it poor public health policy no it isn't it's deliberate they want to use austria as a test case to mandate the jab to see how it goes and what they can get away with so they dial up the testing i just said this a few minutes ago you dial it up using the pcr test you amplify each sample you get 40 times or 50 times when you're not supposed to be doing that then you get the case numbers you want. Nobody in the media does, does, does his job or her job to actually ask about these cases. How many of these people that you tested positive were completely asymptomatic at the time? How many of these people did you follow up with in a week's time to say to them, now when you tested positive for COVID last week, you were asymptomatic. How do you feel now? Many of those people did you follow up? The answer is none. None! And I know this to be true, without having any proof to hand to prove it to be true, or to demonstrate it to be true, because I know what the media is doing. And I warned about this years ago, I warned about it. I said that what we were seeing in the United States of America, we would see in the United Kingdom. I wrote about it, I talked about it. I said you would see, in places you never thought it was possible, you would see presenters you would see commentators and the complete absence of journalism. You would have guys going on programmes 
going on and on and on and on and on with a specific point of view. A point of view that is, in fact, being communicated through that presenter. But in fact, it's the point of view of the overarching corporation, the corporation that runs, in, in, in LBC's case, it's global. What does the corporation want people to hear? So what do we do? We put presenters on, we get jocks, and we put them on, and we don't put the other side of the argument on the air. The talk radio are just as bad. Just as bad. Even though many of the commentators speaking on talk radio, we would share their point of view when it comes to lockdowns and vaccine mandates. But it's exactly the same. It doesn't seek to put the other side of the argument out there. It was unthinkable when I was in radio, when I started out, that you would go on the air and that you would offer your own personal opinion to your listeners. It was unthinkable. In fact, you were expressly forbidden to do that. Somebody's coming on and they say there's, there's a, a, a terrible virus going around. We need to lock everybody into their homes and, and send people home from their jobs until we can get a grip on the pandemic. Your job at that time, as I understood it when I was educated in the art of producing radio programmes, was you found somebody to come on with the government scientists or the, 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 the health minister to debate them head to head. Somebody who disagreed with them. Somebody who said, this is outrageous. You can't be locking people in. It's madness. Everything we've seen happen to the media in the last 30 years has been deliberate to bring us to this point. Where now you have pharma salespeople like James O'Brien going on the radio masquerading as a journalist, pretending to be a reporter, when all he's there for is to pass on the message from the top floors of global media. The jabs are good. You have to have them. If you don't have them, you should be stopped or prevented from participating in society. I said it years ago. I said if it ever happens over here, what they allowed happen in America when they started putting hate spew, I hate to use that term because I don't agree with it normally, but invective-filled bullshitters like Bill O'Reilly and Sean Hannity, scumbags, putting them on the air, shouting opinions at people, rather than debating people, rather than sitting down with the opposite side of that argument and thrashing it out with them as it had been done for generations previously. Look at it, go on Twitter. Look at LBC in the UK. Look at Talk Radio. Look at their videos. There's no middle ground. There's, there's, there's no meeting of both sides of that argument to the detriment of everybody in the country. It's exactly 29 minutes to the top of the year. I'm absolutely boiling mad today because today, as much as any other day, I can see where this is going, where it's coming, where it's coming from. 
across Europe, how it is happening. Governments, ministers going on television, Paul Scully, small business guy on TV today, speaking out of both sides of his mouth. Paul Scully is a business minister, excuse me, conservative politician, speaking out of both sides of his mouth, going on talk radio, and on the one hand saying, well, I'm not going to rule anything out, and then, and then going on Good Morning Britain, a television programme, and saying, well... Well, you know, we're not the sort of country that goes down the road of mandating medicines. But it's exactly what is going to happen sooner rather than later. And this phase of it, of that agenda, is the phase where prominent commercial and national broadcasters start egging it on, start calling for it. 28 minutes to the top of the hour. I'll take uh, a tune in a moment. Before I do that, though, here's the uh, contact details again. It's your call. Skype. Chat with Richie. Or call 0161 818 2018. If you're calling from overseas, it's plus 44161 818 2018. Talk to Richie now. Yeah, before I do that, though, I'm, I'm mindful of the fact that there have been a lot of comments on the website already, and I generally mean to read them out but when the phone in comes around they don't get read out because I'm concentrating on not just listening to the callers but also moving callers around and setting up new callers yeah Richard Kelly says uh, this is the road to hell Chris Rhea Pandora says 2020 was weird because Hannity that's Sean Hannity and Tucker Carlson who Pandora says were utter shills post 9-11 actually seemingly championing things. Of course, it's perhaps still the same old fake saviour acts. The masses are easily led, and even I found them uh, up in my expectations, as if they'd found new rocks from which to slither from under. I'm not not convinced, though. Well, well, of course, the, the agenda will always present you with its own opposition. And Tucker Carlson and Julia Hartley Brewer, this is... When you say controlled opposition, it's not always a conscious thing. The person, I'm referring to Brewer and and to Tucker Carlson, might not be consciously aware of the fact that they are controlled opposition. Meaning, I don't think that Tucker Carlson is secretly taking backhanders while he really wants to see everybody get jabbed. I don't believe that. But of course, they have always given us the opposition. It's never been any other way. And I could spend an hour and a half talking about that and examples of that over the years. They're not going to try and get Tucker Carlson off the air for fake news. They're not going to get, excuse me, Julia Hartley Brewer off the air for fake news or for online harms. Nobody's going to pick on Julia Hartley Brewer and say, you're putting out information that's dangerous. So be warned. No, no, no. It's this program, which, by the way, has a much bigger listenership in the UK than the Julia Hartley Brewer show. It's this program. Because while Brewer will put Carl Hennigan on the air, and every now and then Sinetra Gupta, she won't put Dolores Cahill on the air. She won't put uh, Sakarit Bakhti on the air. Martin Kuldorf. I put those people on the air. A former US Assistant Treasury Secretary. Reagan's man, Paul Craig Roberts, won't put him on the air. 
geez, I never ever thought I'd see anything like this, but I can't help but conclude that this is some sort of depopulation agenda. Well, these people will never get on the air. And as long as they don't, Julia Hartley Brewer and Tucker Carlson's jobs are quite safe. And the independent media will be obliterated. And that'll be next year. And then you're stuck with Julia Hartley Brewer. And I'll be driving an Uber. Taking your calls, the details are on the meme. You know how to reach me. What are we going to do about it? Right, that's the George Baker selection. I'm going to bring my pal Joan in Canada on just for a couple of minutes. And I want everybody to be as quick as they can today. I'm bringing Joan on because just before I went to air, Paul Craig Roberts posted an article at paulcraigroberts.org and the article linked to a tweet. And the tweet seemed to show an official talking about people being moved to quarantine centres in the Northern Territories in Australia. And I was going to bring this up at some stage, but I've not been able to verify this. But the clip seems pretty... Uh, genuine to me as far as I understand this is going viral now again one of these things that people talked about last year and they were laughed at and mocked by the mainstream media ridiculed for suggesting that people would be taken out of their homes and maybe transferred to a quarantine centre it seems it might very well have been happening in Australia today Joan welcome back how are you doing I'm good thanks how are you good what's going on in Australia what's happening I just saw on the um, one of the um, on Instagram one of the uh, you know the Australian who were covering Australia. They said that uh, I'm not quite sure if it was the Prime Minister or who who it was, but they said that the Indigenous people have now are now being trucked out by the army into camps because of the spread of the coronavirus, which apparently there are no cases there. And it's just a land grab, I think. That's what people are saying. It's just, it's just terrible. They, 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 there's no choice. They're just putting them into trucks and taking them to camps. I mean, this is what's coming worldwide. This is not, you know, there's camps all over the world, right? Yeah, there, yeah, there are. There are, Joan. I, I'm looking at this now. I don't know who this guy is, but he's, he, he's, um, he's an official of some sort. Yes, and and, yes. He, and he does appear to be saying that the army is transferring people who've tested positive for COVID uh, and their contacts in the northern territories to to quarantine camps. This is somebody who who tweets as Bernie's tweets. I have no idea who this person is. I, I'm not right. on Twitter anymore. <laughs> but the video appears to be genuine. Paul Craig Roberts is no idiot, and is very apparently careful. apparently there are no cases there. They're like way up north. There's no cases. And and they can't be allowed, if there are cases, why can't they be allowed to isolate at home? There's no need to remove them from their homes and truck them off to camps. Let's put it out to the listeners, especially the ones online that are on the comment live. Can you find a link to this? I've tried to find a news story. Normally when something like this happens, if you put the basic keywords in, you will find a news story. But it doesn't seem like any Australian newspaper or online news bureau is even talking about this. So you can't find anything except this video that we've that we've seen, the one we're talking about now. Right. But it seems, uh, I mean, it seems to be the case if it's, you know, but they, they don't let any news get out anyway, right? So it's not, uh, it's just people won't know. People are, 
and all the people who are asleep, that you tell them this and they're just like, no, that would never happen. Right? It's just... It's just terrible. And, it, it won't make and, any and difference now, will it? I mean, if you if you speak to somebody in your circle, maybe somebody who you get on with, but they, they but but they secretly think you're a bit cracked because you believe in conspiracies. But but yeah. even even showing them that people are being taken away to camps is not going to make a jot of difference, is it, to anybody? We're screwed. No, We're screwed, not. basically, aren't we? I hate yes, to be depressing exactly. on a Monday. Yeah, and 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 in, I just heard yesterday, um, going off the Australian uh, thing for a minute. Uh, I'm in Toronto, and I just heard that today there's something going on in schools. The uh, bill, there's a bill out there that uh, apparently they can just come into schools now, and uh, doesn't matter what what mom and dad say. Like if they send the kids to school and say, do do not let anybody come near you with a needle. They can just uh, round them up and jab them, like because they said like the friends will be jabbed and they'll they'll feel like they have to be jabbed too. Yeah. So you know, there's a call now to get your kids out of school, get them out of the system, because this is what's coming. They're just going to come in the schools and jab the kids, and it's been approved for the five to eleven year olds, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. 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 So that's in in Canada, in 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 America, in Israel, where else? In other places, they're considering it here as well. It's 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 beyond evil. I I tried to avoid using terms in the last eighteen months like evil. And, I know. And and, and I know. it's dreadful. Answer me this, Joan. Answer me this. What's the solution to this then? You know what? That's that's all I ever think about. I have a seven and a five-year-old grandchildren who I think will, my son will jab them. I just... You, you haven't seen I, them I for ages, know. have you? I don't know what the answer is. I mean, what do we do? People on the Australian thing, they're like, they're saying, we have to come together and go stop it, but nobody's doing anything. I, and Canada, everybody's asleep. It's so bad here. The march is really bad. Strong. Have you been able... I, I, know we, I know we spoke recently about... You not being able to see um, grandchildren. How, how, I don't want to upset you. How's that situation? Well, my son is speaking to me again, but there's no... Like, he lives in Alberta, right? So it's not like they're around the corner. It's a four-hour flight. But I, I don't think he'd let me near the kids because I'm not vaccinated. So... And my other son lives in Tennessee, and I, I basically called him last week and said, if it gets really bad here, can I come and live with you? And he said, what are you talking about? Like he, and he just laughs. Like this is what I mean. This is what you're dealing with. It's, it's just. And and what is the solution unless people rise up and and like in the millions? I don't know. I think the marches are a waste of time. I've always said that. I've had these conversations with old friends of mine with with um, uh, David Ike's sons, with Gareth in particular. I've had it out with people who go to all the marches, and these are people I really like. And thankfully, yeah. thankfully, they are mature enough that they can live with somebody who has a different opinion to them. I say it time and time again, Joan. You go to the marches, you follow police on horseback as they lead you to the yes. place they want you to protest. You sing your songs, you bang your pots and your fucking pans, excuse my language, and then you go home. Yeah, Exactly what they want you to do. I know, and people yeah. are like having parties and drinking, and and I I just can't get my head around that because this is not a party, this is life and death for the planet, 
and you're drinking and singing and partying. And like you say, they go home and they do nothing. They do nothing. Like, you know, I mean, I'm trying to, I, I don't go to marches anymore for that very reason, but, you know, I'm trying to, I deliver the newspapers. You know, the, the there's a newspaper in the UK is it called The Light or something? Yeah, can, can you get he, that there? You can, or can you print it off? Well, no, there's there's a Canadian guy in Toronto, actually, who started, it's called Druthers, and you and uh, he started off with 25,000 copies. He's now up to, he, he was up to the highest in the summer was, I think, 500,000, and the, the, it's getting into the States now, too. So, you know, I deliver them, I, you know, I talk to people, I, I, you know, I'm trying, it's so hard to know yeah. what to do. I think, you know, to, I'll give an answer to the inevitable question that I will get asked, well, what would you do then? I give the answer time and time and time again. I'm willing to put my money where my mouth is. If enough people around me are prepared to say enough's enough and are prepared to completely disengage with the establishment. It's one thing for them to say you don't get to participate in society. But if enough people said, listen, no, 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 you don't get to make that threat. We won't be participating with you. No more council taxes, no more income taxes, no more of that old bollocks. We're not getting involved. It's going to take something on a massive scale like that. It really is. And of course, the, the, the next question is, well, how do you get to that place? In, when most people don't know the names of the people who live right next door to them. They don't. I do. Yeah, Thankfully, yeah. I do. But most people don't, Joan. So how do you engage yeah, and, people? Yeah, and that's true. But, you know, I belong to um, a, a community. We're all coming together. People are buying land. And I know people who have said to me, you know, like, if you're desperate, you can always come to us. Like, I've been buying extra food. But you're right. And people are trying to remove themselves from the system. But it's really hard, and 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 it's not the majority of people, no. right? It's the it's the minority, and and when they cut, like you know, I'll fight to the death. They're not jabbing me with anything, and if I have to go, you know, live with somebody else, I'll do that. But you know, at the end of the day, I don't want to do that. I'd rather be gone. You You'd rather I mean? just like, be left alone, Joan. Yeah, just leave yes, us exactly. the fuck alone. None of us. Yes. Every one of us has the inalienable human right to determine what goes in our bodies. And the, and the maddening right, thing yeah. about this is, I'm not an unreasonable bloke. I'm not. If we had bubonic plague going around, and I mean genuine plague, and we saw Monty Python type scenes with trucks, with, with carts, hand carts coming down the street, bring out your dead. If that was going on, and somebody was able to prove to me that if I took a tablet, I would help slow down the spread of that thing. I'd be the first to say, give me a glass of water and give me the tablet. That's right. Yeah. You know, no problem, because you've proven it to me. I can see it. By their own admission, this crap they want to put into people does nothing. It doesn't stop you getting the thing. And by their own admission today and over the weekend, the Lancet Journal, you, the, the, the jabbed have just as much virus in their system as the unjabbed. It's a joke now. And yet I know, the jackpot's coming about down. Smallpox, like there's going to be, they say, like a, a pandemic of smallpox, which means it's in the jab, right? Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I, I think I've told you this before. I have a friend who she's 75 and she had the jab, and two weeks later she had a period. I have a my at 75, um, yeah, yeah, I remember you saying yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, and um, and it seems that like cancer. Um, a friend of mine, their dad, just died of cancer. He was fine. 
he had the jab, I think, and then he and it was he was riddled with it. It lasted three weeks, and he just passed away this week. And he, his legs were shaking in the hospital, and and you know, so you know, it's the jab. You know, I mean, I've you know, I could tell you lots of stories. I have lots of friends who, are, like a friend who knows eight people who have died from the jab. And yeah, it's just you know, it's just horrific. My my son in, in Alberta, like I just said, he's double jabbed. He'll go get the booster, I'm sure, and and he'll get another one in May next year if he's offered it. Yeah, I yeah. just want to say to people be, be, before 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 we move on, I'm, I'm glad you came on, John. Look, look. Go and Google. I don't give a shit now. I'm going to say Google. It doesn't matter. Go and Google Nitzan Horowitz. Or Horowitz. He's the Israeli health minister at the moment. And in the last day or two, this arsehole has gone on the television. And he's admitted that most of the people that are very sick in Israel have been double jabbed. He's admitted that. And still you get the cretins in the mainstream media who say, oh, oh, that's because of the unjobbed. Yeah. Well, all the hospitals, I mean, I have friends who are nurses, they're saying that all the people in hospitals are double jabbed. It's not the unvaccinated. No, but they still find a way to blame the unvaccinated. Oh, yeah, for sure. And that's why we're going to be ostracised and sent to camps, isn't it? I mean... Joan, I'm going to get more on that that story coming out of Australia. Look, uh, keep your chin up, kid, you know. Yeah, you too. Thanks again for what you do. Not at all. I love you and I hope... I just hope that you can hang in there and we'll find you wherever you are. <laughs> I'll be on a hill somewhere with, with a walking yeah, stick yeah. screaming from yeah. the top of my voice. Joan, thanks. That's Joan. Joan's a friend of ours. She's in Toronto at the moment. Keep the calls coming in. You know the contact details now, don't you? But I'll give you them again anyway. It's your call. Skype. Chat with Richie. Or call 0161 818 2018. If you're calling from overseas, it's plus 44161 818 2018. Talk to Richie now. I am pissed off today. I've been doing this program for seven years. Some of you have known me before that time. You knew me when I did this type of program in Spain. A talk radio Europe. I'm a, I'm a passionate bloke. I, I kind of wear my heart on my sleeve. I've never done this. I've never gone full scale. Today, I'm pissed off today. I can't take it today. It, it's one of those things. And I know I said this yesterday. I had a lovely Sunday show yesterday. It cheered me up no end. Uh, and I said yesterday, you know, you come here to be cheered up. You don't come here to listen to my bullshit. But today I've had it up to my tits, to be honest. I really have. And, and that's why I'm a, a bit like this. But, but I'm calming down a bit. I'm calming down a bit. I need to get one of those punch bags. I need to go on to an online retailer and get a punch bag and get somebody to, to paint an indelible, an indelible, I don't know, James O'Brien reckoning or likening of James O'Brien likeness, an indelible likeness of James O'Brien on the on the punch bag so I can headbutt it and knee it and kick the living crap out of it. Maybe that'll get some of the... Uh, some of the anger out of my system. What are we going to do about it? Caller, welcome to the programme. Who am I speaking with? Hello? Yes, caller, that's you. Who am I speaking Hi. with? It's uh, Del from Stoke-on-Trent. How you doing, Del? Stoke-on-Trent. It's been a long time, pal. Welcome back to the programme. What would you like to say? All right, yeah. Um, my missus is pregnant. She's due in the next three weeks or so, if everything goes well. And I don't know. I'm worried. And obviously, I've been listening to you for the last couple of years. Um, 
came to find out about you uh, from James Dalingpol when you did an interview with him, and I've been listening ever since. I think your radio station's, well, your program's amazing, absolutely brilliant, um, and the information's vital for people to to hear. But I don't know. Why? Why are you worried about your partner, Dale? I mean, Dale, am I allowed to ask? Has she had the job? No, she hasn't had it. No, uh, she's she's um, not as I don't know down the rabbit hole or whatever you want to say as much as me. Like I, I do loads more research, looking to you and James Darlingpole and loads of other people and other experts and whatever. And I relay information that I've heard and have managed to persuade for the time being. I would say uh, not to have it and. She, She's not like she's not on the verge of having it. She's she's like, well, I'm pregnant. I don't want to. I don't want to have anything at the moment. But I think if a mandate came in or some restrictions, I think she'd be she'd be like, well, we can't take the little one to hear you. I think we should have it. Where I would say, if I was just a single bloke, uh, they'd have to drag me away before I'd have it. There's no chance I'm having it. They'd have to pin me down before I'd get injected. There's no way. Just be like, like you think and say, it's e- even if the vaccine was completely safe and it was amazing, it did the job, I should still be able to choose not to have the vaccine. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's as simple as that. It doesn't matter what it is. It could be a paracetamol or anything. I should be able to choose. So for tell, me, tell me this, Dale. Before I, before you go on, tell me this: has yeah. has your girlfriend been hearing these claims, which 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 we've been talking about on this program? Claims that unvaccinated pregnant women are ending up in in ICUs. Has she heard any of that, and what does she think of it? N- no, um, she, she, she likes to. <laughs> She she doesn't she's not a news person or a, anything good or bad she's not really interested which is quite good in a way because she just likes living a life away from any media or social media she's not on any of it really she's got a Facebook thing just to but it's more work related it's she's not really interested in so she doesn't really keep on top of good or bad news right but I've been relaying things that I've heard about babies dying or the abortions and when you had the um, the funeral director on and he was saying about the 30 babies that, like it's horrendous it's horrendous and I tell her stuff like that but, but it's, that, it's that fine line of obviously she's pregnant so I don't want to put her under stress and yeah. um, t- telling her all this horrendous stuff which I can deal with to a certain degree. Like I know you're, I can tell you're getting more wound up the longer it goes on and you've had your down points as much as anyone else. But I can deal with it where I don't want to bombard her with all this horrendous stuff constantly. So it's, it's choosing the right things to tell her at the right times and not just like I could tell loads of things, but but it's there's no point because it's not going to benefit her at this time. There's no point me saying. Yeah. So. 
I don't know. It's it's so hard because it it should be a joyous time. This should, and it is. Don't get me wrong. This is unbelievable. Is it your first deal? First child. Fantastic. Um, uh, amazing. We don't know what it is. We thought, oh, we've had scans and stuff, but so we've been going to the hospital. I've been to the hospital loads of times, probably fifteen times in the last eight months or so. Uh, doing scans and tests and whatever, everything's going great. It's wonderful, and but your focus is still on: Am I going to be bringing a baby into this world? And <laughs> do you know what I mean? Am I going to be carted off a matter of weeks later and injected or in a, a, a camp somewhere in the middle of nowhere? And, do you know what I mean? It's horrendous, and I don't want to be thinking of this at this time, but I, I know I've got to keep on top of it to a certain degree, listen to you and your experts, and I just, I don't know what, but... Do you wish you'd never heard of any of this stuff? Do you wish, are there times you find yourself wishing that that, that maybe you'd never come across any of that sort of information? Maybe life would be easier. No, no, no. I'm not a coward. I, I, like and I wasn't. I wasn't. Just, I wasn't suggesting you were, but no, you know, because no, no, it's overwhelming, I, 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 isn't it? Yeah, that's it. But I'd rather, if there's a problem, I'd rather face it head on than someone sugarcoat it and then, oh yeah, it's, everything's great, and then all of a sudden, yeah, we're all doomed anyway. Like I'd rather know, and I'd rather try and do something about it. But I don't know what that is, really. And Neither do I. I know, I know, Richie, that from all the people that listen to you, and like, I mean callers, and not the experts, and stuff, but all the callers and all, all the people that are around you, I know that if you held a meeting somewhere and or gathered people together peacefully, I agree with you 100% got to be peaceful, no violence, just strength of mind. But what would it that achieve, though, Dan? Before, before I move on and take another call, yeah. what would it achieve? You see, I, I before this b- began, ironically, I, I was going to do a, um, a few weeks in various theatres around the country, but that would have been a comedy yeah. show. It would have been a, yeah. it would have been a kind of a send-up of the media would with video and stuff. It would have been good fun, at least I think it would have been good fun. And that would have been nice and stuff. I'm I'm happy to go anywhere and meet anybody. I genuinely am. I get pulled to the side from, from time to time in Salford from people. People beep the horns at me sometimes in the car when I'm out running. Yeah, yeah I, I love it. I'm an ordinary bloke. I'm nobody important. What will it achieve, though? You know, what are we going to do? Like, if we gather, if, if a thousand people gathered, if, if 5,000 people gathered, what would we do as a force of 5,000 people? It's it's like a a defiant gathering, and, and I'm not saying you'll you'll break the system or um, change anything. If a, if a thousand people all gathered, you wouldn't change anything, really, would you? No one would know about it apart from the people there. But we'd have strength in numbers, and if they tried to, I, I know it. it, it but didn't thousands upon thousands upon thousands 
march against the lockdowns in London and the mainstream media lied about the numbers and just ignored them. And, yeah. and, and then sadly, all those people, and there were good people at those protests, well-meaning people, they yeah. they packed up at the end and said they're good boys and 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 That's felt it. good and you felt good, uh, but went home. Yeah, you said it before. That's that's the thing. They yeah. just go out. The march is amazing, and then they go home and they go on another one a few weeks later. Do you remember and one of the marches? Yeah. Sorry, sorry, Del, to cut across it. You remember one of the marches? There was around somewhere around two hundred and fifty thousand people in London. Yeah. Imagine the two hundred and fifty thousand had said, I don't know, changing direction like a flock of birds, nobody understanding, you know, where the order has come from. But imagine they said to the mounted police officers, listen, we're not following you. Imagine they'd marched down Downing Street and yeah. pushed through the gates and mm-hmm. told that goon and his pal in number 11, the Chancellor, and all the rest of them, listen, we don't have a violent bone in our bodies. All one, all, all, all two hundred and fifty thousand of us. But it's time now for you to fuck off, you and your pals. Yeah, that, that's the thing. And just if there's enough, if there's enough people, there's nothing they can do. But it's where and when yeah. and how, and it's it's um, why can't it? It probably takes some. Like they've they've got experts that are running all these different things to progress their agenda. We need experts, say military experts or whoever. We don't, Dale. Dale, I no, don't I agree. Know. I don't agree. Do you know what I we need? We, we need people to be courageous enough. Anything, but, we need people just, to be courageous uh, enough to do it for themselves, to be courageous enough to get together in their in their streets, let, let alone their little villages, but in their streets to get together and say, listen, do you want this for your children? I don't either. Let's do something about it. And I don't think they... You, your average Joe in the street, they don't even bother themselves with no. what's going on. They do, they haven't, they're not even switched on... No. Tell, tell me about it. I've been doing this for nine me. years. I've got to ask you this because I've got to take more calls, Dale, because it's already yeah. three minutes past six. Um, you, said, yeah. you said your partner is due in three weeks, I think you said. Yeah. Well, look, the best of luck with that, Dale. I mean, from the bottom of my heart, yeah. mate. Yeah. I, and and yeah, I, 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 hope, I hope mum and baby will be fine. And you've, um, There's a lot of comment on what you've been saying to me on, on the website. It's, uh, the, thing that's, the, the, the thing that's hit me right in the gut is you saying this should be the best time of your life and you're having to think about mm-hmm. all of these bloody things at this moment in time. But I just wish you the very best, mate. But that's the thing. I should be 100% focused on my wife and my child coming into the world. But I know I have to be focused half an eye on everything that's going on with you and this, all the darkness because for my child. Simple as that. It, I could, I could just focus on my child and my wife and. If it all goes to shit, then I haven't done my job ever as a father. You're doing your job as a father. There are things going on that are out of your control, Dell, and out of my control. Do me a favour. When the child is born, drop me a message through the website, will you, so I can update our listeners. Oh, wow. And uh, just the very best to look with, with everything. That's Dell in Stoke-on-Trent there. And uh, yeah, And I know I'm winding people up, by the way. 
you know, who've gone to, to marches and, and gone to places. And I understand it. Listen, I've said it before. We, I had Gareth on the programme and he talked about the energetic boost, the, 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 the kick that he got from meeting people and, 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 and getting that sense that so many people felt like he did and understood the, the, the tyranny of this thing. And to look in the eyes of somebody who knows that you're not losing your mind and you know they're not losing theirs. I have no problem with it. I never knocked it from that point of view. Fill your boots. But as an exercise in bringing about change, it's futile going to Trafalgar Square or to a town centre in Cardiff. A town centre in Cardiff. The city centre in Cardiff. Dublin. She all go home at the end of it. Caller, welcome to the programme. Who am I speaking with? Hello, Richie. You're live, my friend. Who am I talking to? John in Wales. How you doing, John in Wales? Again, yeah, it, good, again, it's, it's been a while, mate. Welcome back to the programme. Yeah. John, what are we going um, to do about it? I'm going to be quick with people if I can. Three, yeah, four sure. minutes. What are well, we going to do, John? I've got nothing uh, um, absolutely to say, but uh, keep up the good work. And I'm on, in the process of moving back to uh, Sussex to keep up the good work in protesting. Uh, that's it, man. Tell us about protesting then, John. I mean, I mean uh, I've had my say. I, why, I why am I wrong? I, I've, been in, I've been in Wales and I haven't been protesting. I've been listening to you for a while. Uh, but I'm feeling the urge and I've got a call from my best friend in Sussex and she says, come to Sussex and get on with it. And I'm just about to do that. Oh, I haven't got any axe to grind or anything. Yeah. Yeah. I w- look, most of the people I know um, will, 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 will attend protests in Manchester, in, in London, and you know they tell me I'm wrong. I'm I'm not trying to dissuade people from protesting. Far from it. When have I ever told people what they should and shouldn't do? I've only ever said I wish that it went somewhere else. After, you know, it's one thing to go down there. It's another thing then to do something with those uh, with those numbers. You've got a strange situation in Wales. You're going to Sussex. I bet you can't wait to get out of it with uh, all um, of these. Uh, well, actually, I'm I'm in the middle of Wales and. I'm completely unaffected by everything that's been going on COVID-wise. I've been listening to you for two years, by the way, and uh, I haven't got a computer, but when I get to Sussex, I'm going to log into a computer and give you some backup, that's for sure. Uh, So, John, hang on a second. So, so, So the COVID, basically, Wales is operating a COVID pass at the moment. That doesn't affect you in the slightest. I'm in the middle of Wales. In the middle and of nowhere. I haven't been affected in the slightest. I've gone out when I wanted to go out. I don't wear a mask. Never been tested. Never will. Uh, business as usual, Richie. Business as usual around here. Fantastic. Will, yeah. it, will it be a bit different in Sussex, though? I don't know. I'm going to be back with my uh, friends back there. And... Um, we're going to take the the game on. We're just going to move it on. Well, however that is, uh, I haven't got any children, so I haven't got any big hang-ups about that. Um, no, I'm independent. I'm I'm a f- free flyer. I've just sold my house today. 
or my flat rather and uh yeah i'm moving on i'm just going to uh give everything i've got to the to the game and where 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 are you going to live now that you sold your flat if you don't mind me asking uh, I've got no future address. It will be somewhere in Sussex. It will be round the Hastings region. But um, no, just to bolster in there, give everything I've got for the cause. That's it. I, I've got no axe to grind here. I'm just going to keep uh, doing it. Good luck, John. Uh, I've been. Oh, by the way, uh, me and you, we've got something in common. I think we. Um, Devastatingly into, handsome. Uh, Obviously, devastatingly handsome. That's number one. What's the second thing we have in common? Uh, David Icke, um, uh, the the 9/11 uh, book. The 9/11 oh, the, book. The Alice in Wonderland book. Yeah. We got turned on by that, I think, yeah. and uh, how our uh, we've been moved on by that ever since. Big wake up call that for me. Coming Big across wake that up book. call. Yeah, massive. John, do us a favour. Stay in touch, mate. Good yeah. luck in Sussex. Well, I'll, I'll get a computer and I'll uh, keep in touch with you. Do, by John. Email. All the best for now. And good luck with that. That's John there, who's Welsh. He's been in the middle of Wales. And he... Uh, yeah, I think we've got Mark from Canada, have we? Mark's been trying to get through in Canada. Let's bring him on. It's uh, coming up for 11 minutes past the hour. This is the Richie Allen Show. It is live from... Salford. I have to think about that for a minute. This is the contact stuff. It's your call. Skype. Chat with Richie. Or call 0161 818 2018. If you're calling from overseas, it's plus 44 161 818 2018. Talk to Richie now. Back to the mobiles then. Caller, welcome to the programme. Who am I speaking with? It's Angela. How you doing, Angela? Hello. Where are you calling I from? I'm calling from Wiltshire. You're very welcome. You're going to bring a bit of calm, I think, and a bit of a bit of serenity to the proceedings, Angela. I'm just going to turn it over to you. Yeah. Um, obviously, I send you lots of messages and you read them out. Um, <clears throat> I don't want to stay on too long, but I just wanted to say to everyone that if I can do this, you can do it. I'm not very brave, but I'm having to be very brave. I go through despair and um, everything that everybody else goes through. And there's just me here. And, um, yeah, it's not easy, but, but I'm doing it. And we just have to keep on keeping on. You say you're, you're, you're there by yourself. Is, uh, is there anyone, anyone nearby? I mean, I hear about Stand in the Park, Angela. Are, yeah. are, are there folks nearby that you can have a cup of yeah. tea with? Oh God, I've got great friends nearby. Stand in the park. Thank God. Uh, Freedom Freedom Network friends. Um, uh, my lovely friend Jeff, who's listening now, um, as well. Is that Jeff um, or Jess? Jeff was it? Jeff. How you doing, Jeff? <laughs> Hope you're well. <laughs> yeah, man. sure he is. Um, yeah, no, I've got lots of friends. Uh, it's just work where I have to be somebody completely different. And I work with, I've told you before, I work with elderly people. Yeah. And um, some of them have turned against me. Others, not so. Um, today I had to put Christmas trees up for a Christmas event tomorrow. And I just think, what on earth is this all about? You know, I just, uh, it's insane, really. Can I ask, you don't have to answer this. Of course you don't. So think about it before you answer it. But working with elderly people, 
Mm-hmm. Um, most of them will presumably have had a job. Yep, How they've all had their triple jab. Have they? Most of them triple jab. Are, are they okay after it? No, or? no. Quite a lot of them are not okay. Um, and I, I was so very worried about them from the beginning, and I've had to kind of slightly step back because there's only so much worry I can cope with. And uh, yeah. Um, one gentleman came to see me last week, and he's suddenly got four skin cancers on his head, which weren't there couple of weeks ago. So it's kind of like, what, what, what are they called? Melanomas, is it? I don't know, but he's got terrible, I mean, you know, some of them have been, a couple have been removed and he's got little patches on them. And and they weren't the there before the jab, Angela? What? Were they not there before the, the jabs? No, no, no. Um, I've, I've got people who I would say have got prion disease, um, definitely mental health problems, very aggressive, um, who weren't before, um, all sorts of other health issues coming up. And I know that they've got relatives and friends who are very poorly in the way that they weren't before the jabs. So you, 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 you said personality change even. Yeah. Yeah. That's I had, um, I had a, one of the ladies who was such a lovely person, um, last week was literally hopping mad at me. Literally hopping I've never seen anyone hopping mad up and down and furious with me over nothing um, yeah uh, and, I've had and what about your own situ- what, what about your own be- no I shouldn't have interrupted you because you were about to say something no, else okay. important no 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 go, go on Angela finish we've got plenty of time finish what you were going to say and then I'll ask you okay. my question um, I have people avoiding me um, today putting up the Christmas tree I could see a couple who um, now, just look the other way. They don't even speak to me. They won't say hello to me. Um, they actually walked a different way so they didn't have to come past me. You know, it's like I'm Because you're unjabbed. Yes. Yeah. And has anybody given you any indication about what might happen if you continue not to be jabbed? No, my, I, I don't. There's no personal care involved in my job. I just manage the development. So right. It's, um, um, no, I'm... I'm my job, I think, is okay for now. I'm not worried about that, really. Um, this is Angela with an L, by the way, isn't it? Angela it L. It is, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, know, I know I'm talking to <laughs> my pal. My pal, the first time we've spoken. Oh, Angela, I tell you what. And look, I've had, it's my bloody soapbox, I've had my say. What, if anything, can, can, can those of us who are awake to this do now what what is there left for us i mean if there are strategies if there are there tools available to us to to do something about it before we end up basically living these parallel lives where we're not allowed to attend things or go to places or or do very much is there anything that we can do that i can do i don't mean me like doing this job but i mean me as as a private citizen like yourself what can we do do you think I, I think about it all the time, every day. I think about what else I can do. I'm just trying to be an example. I speak up for myself. Um, I I just try and say something to somebody every day, if I can, that might make them think. Um, even the old people that I can't speak about this to, I, I've spoken to them a little bit about um, who's advising the government or... Um, 
social credit system or I've spoken to them a little bit about um, how we're going to become cashless. I just want to make them think a bit. And um, I had a slight um, disagreement with a chap in in, uh, the pharmacist in Boots yesterday. I wanted to buy three small bottles of olive oil and I use it on my hair. Um, And he, he, he didn't want to sell them to me. Um, he let, well, I wanted the five bottles he had on the shelf. The first chap said I could only have two uh, unless I spoke to the pharmacist. And the pharmacist then took me to one side and wanted to know what I was going to use them for. <laughs> and I'm thinking, what is going on now? And I mean, I told him, I, I bought the bottles and I told him that this was all lies and nonsense and he's hiding behind his mask. But I, I just... I've had enough of these. You had a bit of a meltdown. There's nothing wrong with that, by the way. I've had a few meltdowns as well. I wasn't rude or aggressive. I just told him it was lies, you know, and it was just ridiculous. Um, I'm sick of people telling me what to do or finding ways to avoid giving customer service or, you know, it's just horrible. And um, I just try to call it out a bit, really. I, You know, I'm just one woman and I'm doing whatever I can think of whatever I can think of, and we all have to do that. And we all have to say no. Um, it's cost me a lot in terms of family. Um, I haven't fallen out with them except um, children. Um, but I haven't argued with anyone. I've just um, I've just been left out of things. And uh, Like Joan, yeah, like Joan in Canada. Joan in Toronto yeah. was telling us, yeah, you know, and we've yeah. heard from other people who said, they were told yeah. by their daughters or son-in-laws, you can't come to the christening, you can't come to the hospital. And yeah. yeah, In fact, um, a lady works at, at a laundrette near me, she's a lovely lady, and her daughter just gave birth to a baby. Now, thankfully enough, her daughter is um, fairly clued in, but the hospital tried to put lots of different obstacles into Granny coming to see the baby before the, um, you know, before the baby was discharged. I mean, it's just amazing, really. That that yeah. we're living through this stuff, you know. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm I'm going to be going into my accountants next week for a chat. I've not been there for months and months and months. And um, one of my accountants, his uh, his grandfather, I think, was in Auschwitz. I think it was Auschwitz anyway. And I know some people get offended when a parallel is drawn between some of the things we are seeing now and some of the stuff that went on in Nazi Germany. But they're talking about putting people into virtual prisons. Yeah if they don't yeah. have medicine yeah. that they're mandating for I, them. I had family members in Auschwitz and other concentration camps. So, yeah, um, I come from a Jewish background, um, although I was not brought up in the faith. So it does, it resonates with me hugely. What do you think, Angela, if they were alive? I, I still sometimes swap emails with Norman Finkelstein and Norman's mother, mm. his mother, uh, sorry, his grandmother and his grand aunt, I think, were were in Auschwitz as well. Uh, what do you think they would think? The people who were interred in those places, Sobibor, Dachau, what do you think they would say to people today? I think they'd have plenty to say to those of us. I do. Yeah. Mm. I, think, I think they've left it just long enough for most of those people to have gone now, the people that survived. Yeah. So there's, there's not huge numbers of them left to, to warn us. I mean, there are a few, aren't there? Um, but but most of them have gone, the people that survived um, those camps. I interviewed a lady, uh, didn't I, last year? Didn't I interview a Jewish lady last year? She was lovely. 
Uh, she was in her late 80s. She's an author. And uh, she came on to talk about, well, this basically, what's been going on. And she was um, warning us. I can't remember her name now. She was on quite a few mainstream media channels and one of her contacts listens to this programme and he put her on. She was lovely. I'll dig it out and I'll play it maybe later on. And she was very, she was on, you know, she took no backward steps about the dangers of this totalitarian nightmare that we're, we're kind of sleepwalking into, you know. Just before I move on and take another call, if there's anything you wanted to say that maybe you thought you were going to say when you came on, but maybe you've forgotten to say, now's the time to do it. But I'm glad to, to, to catch up with you, Angela. I've read you I enough know, time, I'm so... I'm glad to speak to you too. Um, nothing really, just just tell people that if I can do it, they can do it. And we just all have to keep on going and uh, getting through this and somehow getting out the other side. I hope it won't be the last time we speak. I don't think it will be, Angela. Thanks for getting through. Thank you. Look after yourself. Bye for now. That's Angela, lovely lady, obviously lovely, and participates, has a lot of interesting things to say during the programmes on the Comment Live uh, segment. It's really nice to meet Angela, who uh, I think said she's in Wiltshire, if my memory serves. It's uh, 22 minutes past the hour. It's the Richie Allen Show. Look, I'm not... I'm getting a bit of stick and I've got very thick skin and I'm happy to take a bit of stick. Yeah, I, I, I was angry earlier on. I am angry. I'm apoplectic at the moment seeing what's going on around Europe. And then to be exposed today to UK journalists, not just one, but several of them, making the case for, you know, for ultimately destroying the lives of those who won't have these jabs of basically exiling them. And then if exiling them doesn't teach them, if they don't learn their lesson uh, from being exiled, well, well, then maybe we should look at mandating it. It's not been a great day. It's, it's, it's been a lovely day. Uh, Weather-wise, it's been cold, but it's not been great listening to that today and feeling that horrible, sinking feeling of inevitability that... I don't mean that mankind or humankind won't eventually prevail. I don't mean that. I'm not convinced that we won't prevail. I like to think the glass is still half full, but I think some terrible things might happen before then. I think our trials, I think, are beginning. There are more to come. You understand what I mean by that? So I'm not saying that we're screwed. I did say that, didn't I? And I didn't mean it literally. But right now it's a bad place. I'm not going to go Jonathan Van Tam and start giving football analogies. Maybe I should do. But maybe we're a couple of goals down, maybe 15 minutes into the first half. Maybe. I don't know. Caller, you're live. Welcome to the programme. Who am I speaking with? That's you. Hello? That's you. Who am I speaking with? Oh, hi. Uh, this is Tommy. Tommy, lovely to speak with you, mate. Where are you? I've got to turn oh. off uh, the show because I'm hearing you. Do yeah, you? I I okay. can I can only barely hear it in the background. Turn it off. We'll take a second while you do that. Tommy's going to turn me down uh, in the background there. Lots more calls coming in. I'm going to get through as many as I can, right? And we'll be as brief. I'm going to keep people to three, four minutes now as we go along. Tommy, where are you calling from? Okay, I'm here. I'm here. Where are you calling from, uh, mate? I'm calling from uh, Leeds, mate, in Yorkshire. O only across the Pennines. Nice to have you on, Tommy. What would you like to say? What are we going to do about this? All right, mate. Um, the thing is, like, I hear you saying uh, different things, like 
protests don't work and stuff like this. I don't know what the answer is, mate. Um, uh, I'm trying everything I can doing, just meeting up with different people, um, trying to just do anything I can. The reason I called is um, I actually, I posted a protest song to YouTube recently. Um, and um, I saw Gareth Ike at the protest in London and he, I asked him, would you put that on your website? And they put it on the website and then you, YouTube pulled the protest song. YouTube pulled it down, did they? Was they there pulled any, it because was, was they there said any it was medical given? misinformation, yeah. Ah, medical misinformation. Uh, yeah, man. And, um, and presumably, Tommy, well, give us an idea of the lyrical content. What sort of claims were you making in the, uh, in the, in the song? Uh, there was a line, are you being a good little Nazi taking every little booster vaccine? Um... But you know, really, it wasn't it it wasn't that bad, really. I mean, I it was it was a song about a relationship that got broken up because of the vaccines. It was called Vaccine Day, and I've put it on Bitchu, um, but it's only got a few hundred views. And when it was on YouTube, it was getting loads of views. Of course, it was because of because I guess because it was on David Icke's website. Yeah, um, I just couldn't believe that. That 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 the thing is, I, I've had stuff pulled off YouTube before. But it's always been podcasts and like information and stuff. And I thought, well, they're, they're, you're actually pulling rock and roll songs now uh, off YouTube. While I'm talking to you, I'm, or I should say, while you're talking, I'm going to send you an email address uh, on Skype chat, right? So when we get finished speaking in three or four minutes' time, if you send me an MP3 of the song before the end of the program, I'll close out the program with it today, okay? I'm just oh yeah, man, for sure. That'll be a fucking thrill. No worries, buddy. Uh, I'm yeah. just put, putting in my email address now. Let's see. Uh, right, you you have it now. So in a few minutes, you MP3 me that, and I'll play it out. I, I don't care if there's any bad language. The, the more bad language, the better. I'll play it anyway. But look, this is where we're going. There's an online harms bill going through Parliament at the moment, which in mm -hmm. theory, Tommy, in theory, and I'm not making this up, I, 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 I know my listeners will trust me not to tell lies. I've never told a lie on this programme. They want to, to potentially put people in prison for two years for, for willfully, for knowingly spreading misinformation that could cause harm. So you could put your song out again next year. It's, it's telling some home truths about the vaccine injuries and the problems with the jabs and, and all that. And they might determine, well, that could... could potentially persuade somebody not to have the job, that could be harmful for them. Right, Tommy, me old pal, uh, you're nicked, son. That's the, yeah, the th th what we're looking at next year. That's no joke. The thing is, right, I thought about this. Um, I'm happy to to die for this now because it's like, uh, it's either we, 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 we try our best in the ways that we know that we can or we just accept, you know, a, a dystopian fascism future. I mean, isn't... I, so I, I'm happy. I mean, if that if that is going to happen, then I'll die, and as I'm dying, I'll be like, well, at least I put out my song. At least I. You had you know a go. I mean? Are I, you I, a I working? Are you a working musician, Tommy? I mean, uh, during the lockdowns, I was working in a chocolate factory, and I'm, and I'm just getting back to, to doing music again. But it's like, it's like I'm I, the whole time I've been waiting for this situation to end to really get going with it and I'm just realising it's not it's not going to end is it so no, it's not meant to end I'm just, I just think the best way I can do is if I can make music and that can be my way of trying to reach people but 
I'm not going. I'm not going to like um, be careful. Um, I think your friend Jackie Devoy was saying this on Facebook. She was saying, "What's the point of being careful at this point?" Because you know, because I, I know people who like tell me you want to be a bit careful. It's like, well, what are you doing? You, do, do you know what I mean? That annoys me. It's like if every, everyone is being so fucking careful, and so like, oh, you don't want to do that. You got to do this, and it's like that's the that's the whole reason we're in this fucked up situation, because everyone's being so careful. If everyone just realized that, well, let's just we might as well just die for this at this point then it would end. Well, they, they wouldn't necessarily end, but that would be the most likely. I, do, you, do you know what I mean? I do. I, I hear you clearly, Tommy, yeah. Get that MP3 over to me before the end of the programme, will you? I will do, and, mate. Uh, and, and, I'll, and I'll give it a spin. And just send me a little paragraph about the song and, um, you know, the artist. I mean, do you go by Tommy? Do you go by another name? Just include that so I can give a nice intro to the song before the end of the programme. And uh, okay. thanks for reaching out, buddy. I agree with yeah, you. It's the time for being careful and walking on eggshells is is over now. But um, yeah. get well, it over you, to you've me. Got, you've had the balls to do it for years and years, mate. So full respect to you. Cheers, Tommy. We'll hear Tommy's song at the end of the program. I haven't got any balls, by the way, and I do mean that. I'm not. I've never been one to fish for compliments. I don't have any balls. I'm no coward. I wasn't raised to be a coward. My entire life, I I stood up to anybody. I got my fair share of hidings, you know. And I would keep going back. I was that idiot that would get beaten up and I would just keep going back. Didn't fear me. I, I, I had no fear of it. I don't have any fear of pain. I don't have any fear of, 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 being, of being assaulted. I would always go back. I remember some years ago, an old friend of mine, whose name is Pat Rocket, and another old friend of mine, Dermot Carew, they're very well-known people in Waterford City. Black belts in... Karate, I think six, seven times, what was it called? Six, seven Dan Black Belt. There was a time when I was 16, 17 and, you know, not in the best of places, no money. But I was very big, you know. And they used to go to different parts of the county and they would do, they would run nightclub doors, basically. And these were good lads, they were not thugs now. These weren't thugs, these lads. They were good lads, they were, you know, proper security guys. They said to me, oh, you'll have to come up and you'll get paid well each night you do it. And I'm like, I'm not a bloody doorman. I'd seen the Patrick Swayze movie, Roadhouse. So I, I'm no good. But they said, because they'd seen me, you know, throwing people out of bars as a barman. They said, but, but, but you're brave, Richie. You, you don't give a damn. You'll go in there. And I said, well, that's true. Not necessarily the best approach to take when people are pissed right up. But I'm no hero, and I've done nothing brave by doing this program. There's nothing brave about this. Um, I think we have Harold. We might have Harold, or it might be Mark. I think it's Mark we've got. Mark, how it are you? It is Mark. It is Mark. Yeah, how are you doing? Good, Richard? mate. Right. Good. It's uh, the Mad Monk from Canada. The Mad Monk from Canada. Good. Welcome it's, back, buddy. Uh, it's like the Eastern Block here. It's um, complete no-go area for anybody that doesn't hold a vaccine passport you can go to the grocery stores and some shops like uh clothes shops and places like that shopping malls but you can't go into any restaurants any fun places no no uh, live venues no sports venues um i'm trying to think no swimming can't even go to the gym can't do nothing so basically i mean 
<laughs> it's crazy, hell. isn't it? Yeah. You wouldn't believe it. I, I wouldn't have believed it. If somebody had told me two years ago, I wouldn't have believed it. I've got a, a fantastic boss that has approached me because I think there's two of us in the company. And he said, look, you know, we want to hold a Christmas party. We've looked everywhere. And the only place we can get is a local golf course. But you'll have to get a test. He said, I'm willing to pay for it so you can come. You know, it's just ridiculous. He, he can't believe it. It's absolutely ridiculous. So whatever you do, don't let them do this in England because it will, it, yeah, it, it comes between your family, everything. It but really they're going does. to do it, Mark. They are going to do it, aren't they? I think they are. Yeah, I, I do believe they are. I think, um, yeah, I mean, it's ever so depressing, Richie, because you, 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 you think we've lost the battle. Um, but... I think all we can do now is come together as a community and do our own thing and not really advertise it that much. Yeah. You know, if you want to get together with family, just do it. If, if, if you know people in the street, which I do, we... You're breaking up a little bit there, Mark. Together in, I'm just losing you slightly there. We you have were... the, the technology. I mean, it's out there to... We're losing Mark now. What a pain in the arse. Mark, we yeah, lost... We, I, think I, I think I've lost... Yeah, we, I'm, I'm, I, it is a pain. We lost you, you momentarily. Hang on. somebody else on, mate. No, hang on, hang but, on. You're back, you're back, you're back. Just go back, yeah. and, just go back and what you said over I'm the last back. 30 seconds. You said that, you, said that you, you do know people on the street. You said you can use technology. Tell us a bit more about that before we move on. Yeah, we can. We can use technology. We can use Telegram and things like that to come together... And we have little community meals and uh, little barbecues in the summer. We did, you know, um, it, it's still not really bad here yet. You can still eat outside. But that's what a lot of local venues, there's a couple of pubs that are not buying into this. And they're letting people know that way, word of mouth. But they're not advertising it. So I can go and have a drink tonight if I want to. And I am supporting these places. That's what we need to do. But you know what? We the warned. Worst, the we, worst was yeah. the Canadian Legion. The Canadian Legion. I'm a fully paid up member for 10 years and I can't go in there now. Couldn't even go in there and have a drink on, on Remembrance Day. How bizarre is that? I tried to send you the email of what I got. You need a vaccine passport. <laughs> How ironic, eh? How ironic. We said this last year, people like you and me said last year when this all began, that yeah. that businesses would regret not standing up to it at the very outset. At the very beginning, yeah. oh, businesses yeah. needed to say, we are not closing our business and ruining ourselves yeah. financially. We're going to stay open. Yeah. And they didn't. They all folded. They all capitulated. They have. And I have a friend who works at uh, quite a big chain here in Alberta. And she said, it's, it's quiet. It's nowhere near as busy as what it used to be. And, and they don't, they're tired. She said, what? What, um, what right have I got to ask somebody their medical background? She said, I don't think it's right. It isn't right. No, no, it's not right. But we must come together, um, try and support those people that are going against it. You know, start buying from places that support this. That's all I can say. I, I don't know what to do, mate. Um, it, it, it's depressing. <laughs> and I, you have to laugh, though. You do As have Bernard to laugh. Manning used to say, they can't stop us laughing. No, they can't. By the way, folks, there, there are still some wonderful videos of Bernard Manning on YouTube. 
go on there, particularly yeah. if you happen to be black or Asian or Irish <laughs> or German. You're going to love it. Get on there and watch a bit of I love yeah. there's, there's a great Bernard Manning story. It's one of the best stories of all time. Paul McGrath was taken to see Bernard Manning. When he, when, when, he, when he turned, this is one of Ireland's greatest, well, arguably Ireland's greatest ever footballer, Roy Keane might argue. And Brian Robson thought he'd stitch up Paul McGrath and took him to his club, to Bernard Manning's club, on his birthday when, when Paul was still playing for United. And uh, so, they, so they told Bernard, big man City fan, they said, right Bernard, uh, we're bringing Paul around for his birthday, we're going to be sitting somewhere near the front. Give him, give him loads. Now, Paul was, Paul, Paul is black, of course. Um, well, mixed race, Paul would be. I think it's fair to say. But he's as Irish as uh, as Irish Jew. He's a great, a great guy. We're, we're proud of him. And he said they brought him into Bernard Manning, and so Bernard Manning anyway took his cue, and he said, "Oh, look," he says, "We've got Paul McGrath here. It's his birthday tonight. Top class uh, footballer from Manchester United. Stand up, Paul." So Paul stood up, and Bernard said, "Ah," he says, "Black and Irish. You got fucked, didn't you?" And he sat down <laughs> and yeah. belly laughed and he yeah, belly laughed. I mean, you know, and that's it. it. They're just gags. And I remember that's what he used to say. They're just yeah. gags. I'm paid to make people laugh. If you come and see me, I've got to make people laugh. If Black I tell a joke about Irish. you, it's just a joke. It's I, not for real. I love that line. Black and Irish. You got proper fucked, didn't you? <laughs> Fantastic. Right, Mark, yeah, I want to move on, yeah. buddy. I'm glad we yeah, got yeah, the line no sorted. No worries, no worries. Keep the faith, everyone. Keep sane. Keep happy. Keep smiling. Keep with your family. Spread the love. That's all I can say. And thanks a lot, Richie. Thanks for all you do, mate. Go away. Not at all. Thanks, buddy. Good to hear from you there. That's uh, Mark as a mad monk in Canada. Um, yeah. <laughs> Bernard Manning. Yeah, Manning was... was I don't know whether it was the time he went on the Mrs. Merton show. Mrs. Merton was a comic creation by Carolina Hearn. Carolina Hearn was, was, rest in peace, was a very, very, very funny woman. A lot of personal problems she had, like a lot of funny people, I think. Uh, she she did a, a character called Mrs. Merton, where she would interview people in disguise. She played a little old lady. And through the disguise, through the character... She could say things to interviewees that maybe she couldn't say if she was being herself. And she had Bernard Manning on. And she, they, they stitched them up a bit round about the um, mid-90s. People suddenly decided that people like Bernard Manning were dangerous and that they were racist. Now, I don't know. I never met Bernard Manning. I don't know if he was or wasn't racist. But he made a career out of doing very funny routines, picking up on characteristics of uh, people sometimes lazy stereotypes, but mostly just you know, yeah, stereotypes I suppose of people. The, the Irish got got it big time from Manning, as did black people and Asian people, and it never did anybody any harm. And nobody was ever able to convince me that by doing those routines, that Manning somehow, I don't know, lessened the quality of life of the minorities. The Irish are a minority in England, thank God. Asian people are a minority black people are a minority and Manning used to be accused of um, he, he, that the protected species was the was the working class Mancunian they were salt of the earth he would never shine his spotlight or his microscope on himself and on his own failings and on 
northerners. They were the salt of the earth that he went after people and he, he took, you know, they, they, they accused him of going after soft targets, people who couldn't speak for themselves. But you go and look at Bernard Manning's videos, the ones he released over the years and the ones that were taken by people with their little camcorders and you look at the audience members in, the, in, in his own club and many, many of these videos you'll see people from all different types of backgrounds. Black people would go and watch him. Asian people would go and watch him. I don't know how we got on to Bernard Manning, but anyway. I love that gag. I love what he did to Paul McGrath, Brian Robson. It's a fantastic story. And Paul McGrath thought it was hilarious. And I know this to be true because I met Paul McGrath a couple of times uh, over the years, once in Spain. We had a chat about that. I said, is it true that you got stitched up by Bernard Manning? He said, yeah, it was true. Yeah, he said, I got very quiet fell upon McGrath. Very softly spoken. Genius of a footballer. Genius. Oft used word, overused word. Paul McGrath was a stone cold genius. Plenty of time for more calls. There's been a little drop. I've just brought it back. Yeah, system crashed there for a moment. Let's. Um, I know that next in line uh, to come on was uh, a caller from Alabama. I'm going to try and get him on now. Uh, here's the contact details, by the way, just in case. It's your call. Skype. Chat with Richie or call 0161 818 2018. If you're calling from overseas, it's plus 44161 818 2018. Talk to Richie now. And I think we've got Wes from Alabama on the line. Is that right? Is it Wes? Hello, Wes. Wes is gone. Wes is gone. Wes has gone away for good. He might not be gone away for good. Let's see, can we get Wes on? And uh, he was in the, he, he was there. I, I, I was ready to say hello to him. Let's see, is he there? Is Wes from Alabama there? Are you there, Wes? I'm here, Rich. Oh, can you, you look me? fantastic. I can hear you well. It's it's uh, it's it's midday it's, in Alabama or thereabouts, I'm guessing. It is, uh, yeah, quarter to one. Wes, I'm delighted to meet you. How are things in Alabama? Well, nothing's changed here, Rich. Nothing. Nothing's changed in your state because, uh, correct me now, if I'm, because you've got a governor who is not imposing vaccine mandates and is not imposing mask wearing and all of that. Is, is that is that the way it is? We don't buy into any of this rubbish. Now, I have to tell you, just like the fellow who called earlier from Wales, there's a big divide, a big urban-rural divide. Tell us about it. Why is that? <laughs> Well, I think country folks understand the way life works. For instance, <clears throat> I spoke with a chicken farmer about three weeks. No, it's been two months ago. And I asked him, hey, this fellow left school at 10th grade. I don't know what form that would be for you, but, but didn't finish high school. And I asked him what was going on. And he said, have you ever heard of Merrick's disease? Now, apparently Merrick's disease is a poultry virus that they've long known if you vaccinate during an outbreak that you're going to kill your whole flock. So this 10th grade, this, this fellow who had very little education um, knew immediately what was going on. Farmer, farmers, you know, people in the country, they, they, uh, they know how life works. Life skills ways. Life skills, life learning. So, so this gentleman then, he says, we, we, we know, it's common knowledge, it's medical sense, 
not to vaccinate during an outbreak. I've heard that said only in the independent media from time to time, that it is crazy to vaccinate during an outbreak. Why did why does the chicken farmer think that? Is it big well, you've given me the answer. Well, it's because it can vaccine, it can kill yeah. It can kill the flock. Le- yeah. Yeah, because it's a leaky vaccine, right? It's not a sterilizing vaccine. Do you farm? Me? Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, just a hobby farm. How do you hobby farm? I'm, I'm fascinated. Well, 10 acres or less is what we call hobby farming. Uh, a big, big, big gardens, right? Put up all, all kinds of food. So, you know, uh, people in the country keep two or three years of food in the freezer or in what, what, do, y'all, what do y'all call canning? You call it tinning, I believe. I don't know what the English think, Wes. I'm Irish. We, we, we say canning as well. Okay, okay, okay. I think we do yeah. anyway. Yeah, storing stuff up, yeah, preserves, but not just preserves, potatoes, yeah, anything yeah, you yeah. can. Uh, is that what you do? Has, yeah, your, has, your hobby, has your hobby farming become all the more important to you now in light of what's been going on in the last year and a half? Well, of course. Anybody with uh, two brain cells can see what's coming. You know, even even to the backwoods of Alabama. Even no, no, the- Richie, this is about MMT. This is none of this we know has nothing to do with health. But even country folks, bumpkins who've been made, you know, stereotypically across the world, we've we've been the laughing stock of the United States, and we're happy to own that because that means very few people want to come here. We're, we're happy. We tell them, look, yes, yeah, yeah. You know, my, my family tree just has one branch. Uh, just stay the hell away. <laughs> right? do, you know, do you know what, Wes? That goes back to, correct me if I'm wrong, that goes back to the, the movie Deliverance, doesn't it? It has oh, a lot yeah. to do with it. Yeah, yeah. I think I dropped you a note uh, when I first started listening to you last year about how we love the banjos, right? We encourage <laughs> banjos. <laughs> but we, we we make our own food, and and increasingly we're going to have to make our own music. We're going to have to make our own entertainment. Um, you know that's just. But the, but there's uh, there's something uh, extremely um, fulfilling about that. Bumpkins, what a fantastic word that is! It's it was a, a, a dream of mine. It really was when I went to the states in two thousand and two. It was my first, right. my first and only visit, really. I ended right. up in Florida and in Framingham, New Jersey, New York, Boston, obviously as an Irish dude, but my, my dream would have been to explore your part of the world. Like, as a music fan, I'd have given anything to spend five or six months travelling around your part of the world because where you come from, I don't have to tell you this, This is me, me, imagine me lecturing you on this, you know this, but where you come from, you've given us some of the greatest music the world has ever heard. Yeah, yeah, that's the, the the fusion between uh, you know the blacks and the whites, um, and, and and that I think speaks to you know there's a tremendous amount of so-called uh, gene therapy hesitancy among black folks. Uh, they've been experimented on for for decades in this country, medically experimentation. I mean, you can call. Tuskegee is, you know, the more the more prominent uh, experimentation where they injected them with syphilis and then, you know, uh, just watched them deteriorate over decades. Uh, this is infused within the black community. It gets and passed down. In the... 
It gets passed but, down, but, doesn't it? It gets passed down. You mentioned earlier on about the the farming folk in Alabama. They know you don't vaccinate during an outbreak. This gets passed down from generation to generation. Black people know that they've been... Uh, they'll know the stories. They'll know Native Americans. They'll know smallpox on the blankets. They'll know all this stuff. No, these are not stupid people. Yeah. These are these are people with long memories, both white, black, Indians, you name it. These these people have long memories in the backwoods of 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 the, of the United States. Long gener- intergenerational memory. But but Richie, this is not about health. We we all know this. Let's get past this. This, this vaccine passport, this is all about changing the monetary system. You know, what was it, 71 when Nixon took us off the gold standard quietly overnight because Vietnam broke the country financially. That's what this is about. Even people in what you would consider, what a proper, you know, bespoke dressed Londoner would think of as the worst hillbilly in backwoods Alabama. They know, they sense this. They may not can articulate it. They know this is coming. What will they they do, Wes? Because there's a big difference. There's a big difference. Sorry to interrupt you, my friend. I'm just looking at the clock. I'll keep you on till the end. I'm going to to cut out at 5-2 so I can play Tommy's um, anti-vaccine song. Um, so oh, I'll do yeah. that. I, I've not even listened to it. I could end up. We could end up in prison for playing. Yeah, it, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to play it anyway. There's a big difference where you are and where I am. You, no, I don't know about you. You, you can tell me. But um, it's not uncommon for people in your neck of the woods to bear arms. Um, oh, we don't. Not. We we don't because it, culturally it's just alien to us. I've never held a gun, but I have no preconceptions about guns. I think you have absolutely every right to have a gun if you want to have one. Will the guns be any good, do you think? Will they be of any use in the end? Well, I I did uh, read, and I I couldn't call it. uh, Anecdotally, I think there were uh, about 100 million new firearms owners. And Richie, I may have that off by a factor of one. But but there were millions. So it could be ten to a hundred, right? Fair I, but enough, there yeah. are a subset of new new gun owners in the United States. Might that statistic have been guns sold in a certain time period rather than new owners? I don't know. I, I'm going no, to bow to you. Uh, I think it was new owners. That's what stuck. No, no, ten million guns would be sold in uh, Alabama and Georgia in a year's time, Richie. Talk a block full of it. I, mean, I, you know, I can. I'm just sitting there looking at a gun case, and it's it's not because we're necessarily paranoid. I mentioned earlier about a long memory. I mean, if Ireland was the first British colony, the South was the first pentagrams colony. What's the pentagrams colony? The Pentagon. The Pentagon, right? Yeah. In the form of a in the form of the pentagram. Yeah. We were the first colony, just like Ireland was was the Anglo terrorist first colony. We know. You instinctively know know what's going on up north. We know what these bastards up north are capable of. I mean, hell's bells! Come on, Richie. Uh, (laughs) How many people turned out? For the the and in London in against the war in Iraq, a million people. 
A million people marched, you're right, in 2002, 2003. What happened? What happened? They went and did it anyway. You're damn straight. What's going to happen to the monetary system? They're going to try and do it. The, 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 the debt system of fiat-based currency just can't, it, it can't sustain itself. It's mathematically impossible. It just can't go forward. How soon is that collapse coming, do you think, Wes? I don't know. It's a, you know there's a big fight. Powell has just made a, a deal. The Federal Reserve chairman has just made a deal. He will get reappointed, but who knows what he'll... I think he's a Wall Street guy. Um, and, you know, I have no use for the Federal Reserve, but I think that right now they are, you know, the enemy of my enemy is my best friend. They're the ones who are standing against this sort of Davos clique, globalist, Gates, Schwab, you know, uh, Soros clique of European aristocracy billionaires that want to rule the damn world from Europe again. That's what it just looks like to me. It just looks like neocolonialism all over. I mean, hell spells. They, they want to. They want to get rid of oil. What do they want to do? They want to go colonize third world countries for lithium and and uh, Africa for rare earth minerals, so they can build. Pardon my French. Fucking batteries. Yeah. For phones. Yeah. For phones. For cars. Right. Yeah. And this is our new oil. This is the new petrodollar. The new Western. Uh, rare earth minerals, the new the new backing of some new currency. Anybody who previously thought that Southerners um, were ass backwards, inbred, stupid people. No, we people. are. We are. No, you're not. Jesus, you're not. Look, we have to keep that stereotype out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. It's, it's a Banjo beautiful veneer. Yeah. Us and yeah. Marian idiots. Mate, I hope we'll talk no, again. No, seriously, Richie, get your ass over to Alabama, Georgia, Florida, Texas. You want to you, you wanna go down with the fight? You asked earlier. You started off this show. What are we going to do? Well, the only way I know to do is, 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 is stand in your own truth armed. That Not violent. I know I hear you, absolutely, but maintaining the right to defend yourself, your family and your property. I totally yes, understand it. Wes, I hope we'll talk again. Oh, I'm sure we will. But take care, Richie. I'll let off, let, let's get off and get this fella's song on. Cheers, Wes. Wes in Alabama. I'll go looking for your email, Wes, and I'll be in touch with you. I, I will. Uh, bank on it. All right. Thanks, Wes. Thank Wes in Alabama, closing out the program uh, today. Thanks to uh, to him. Great call that was to finish. They were all great calls, by the way, every one of them. Thanks to each and every one of you who uh, honoured me by coming on today. I, was, I wasn't in the best of shape to do the show today. It's been one of those days, really. Yeah, we've all had them. You've had them. I've had them. You get to the stage and you've just had enough of it. And today was one of those days. But after a Bacardi and Coke ah, and uh, a bit of chill-out time with the family... I'll be in fine fettle tomorrow. Uh, I really will. Tommy Coyle was on from Leeds. And this is his song. It got pulled from YouTube on the grounds of me medical misinformation. It's a song about a breakup with a girl because of a disagreement over the vaccines. And I haven't heard it yet, but I'm a man of my word, so I'm playing this for Tommy. Closing out the programme, we'll do it again tomorrow at five. That's Tuesday's programme at five tomorrow. 
And we should be hearing Tommy now. We should be hearing Tommy. Slay. 